now tuned in to the Digital Leap on WDRB Media, the voice of the community, where we are the only station giving you double the information and inspiration. Again, this is the Digital Leap with your illustrious hosts, Cookie Truth and Blanche Drayton Robinson, the Watcher. Hey, we hear y'all with another one for you. So it's obviously Black History Month. And as yes. a bit of enthusiasts of Black History Month as we might be, yes. we have another banger for you. Just oh. wanted to share some things today. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm excited because we're going to have some fun with this episode. There's a lot of um, culture to share. There's a lot of history to share. And not all of it is good, but we're going to try and keep it interesting we're going to try and keep it light we're going to try to keep it factual and uh, we have some some surprise some surprises so so i think it's going to be a good time oh yes please get your ears ready <laughs> to hear what we have to say because you will enjoy yeah i think so i think it's going to be a good time but i wanted to mention something before we get started so i'm super excited because I'm like a big Marvel DC comic movie fan. Yes, you are. I love it, right? I love mm-hmm. the hero overcoming his, you know, difficulties or her difficulties and triumphing over evil. I just love a hero story. I just do. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> but I was excited to see the news or hear the news um th- you know, recently about Angela Bassett being nominated for a uh, best supporting actress, I believe mm-hmm. it was, the category. Mm-hmm. And man, I was thinking about that because I was like, wow, that's really dope because to my knowledge, no other Marvel actor has ever been nominated for an Oscar before. Mm. So that was super cool and black history right there because first of all, only like 7% of black women even get nominated to begin with. Mm -hmm. So for her to be a black woman being nominated and for it to be the first of its kind for a Marvel film, I was like, oh, that's super cool. That's just super cool. And Angela is such a dynamic actress. She is. You know, she and is, yeah. I Give her that, all her things, y'all. Yeah, I don't think that she's gotten her just due. But Probably not. Yeah, but no. you know, she has given us some great, some great pro- films over the years. Too, I mean, you know? she really, quiet as it kept, should have won an Oscar for what's love got to do with it. Oh, no question about it. Okay, no that was snub. It. Okay, yeah, period. Yeah, I don't want to hear no if ands, or buts about it. That was a snub. <laughs> don't come for me with that one. <laughs> no, uh, uh-uh. uh, we not gonna argue about that. Argue with somebody else, and not over here. Yeah, but she that was a she did a dynamic job in that, and unfortunately. Yeah. She didn't get her just due, but you know what? We know who she is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's the queen. Yes, she is. <laughs> but no, so I wanted to um, point that out because I just thought that that was a super cool, fun mm-hmm. fact. And yeah. it is Black History as we're celebrating Black History Month. So I wanted to right. mention that. Um, but there was a couple um, a couple things that we talked about prior to um, us going live. And one of those things was just in regards to our sponsor, And we always want to make time to shout out our sponsor and say thank you. So thank you to God's for you for sponsoring today's episode. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with God's for you, it is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that gives back to help support teachers. So you all know a lot of times teachers are buying the supplies for their classroom in order to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. You you guys probably know that or should know that by now they're, they're doing the best that they can with what they've got. So God's for you. You know, we love to be able to step in and and help where we can. can. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. And then we try to even, you know, do even more 
and with that, that means we're like connecting with, you know, the um, people that we have connections with over in Kenya and supplying them with textile goods uh, when we can and other electronic devices and things that are useful to them. So thank you to God's for you. If you'd like to learn more, please just visit God's for us and learn more. And, uh, you know, thank you for sponsoring today's episode. We couldn't do it without you. And anyone that wants to be a part of that, yeah, uh, that project and giving, because, you know, I've learned a long time ago that it is more blessed to give than to receive. It most definitely is. And I have found out that you can never mm. give too much because when you give too much, you receive too much. You, <laughs> if you follow what I'm saying, you get that back the um, triple sometimes. Yeah. So you don't, don't always feel that, you know, I'm not going to give because, you know, I don't get. No, that's not the attitude because I'm here to tell you, if you give, you will receive. Yeah, yeah. If you if you give, you definitely receive. And we are always the type of people. And I, I know because I was raised this way and it's because of you and dad and how you guys are brought up. Like you always want to be a blessing to people. Absolutely. You always want to do the best that you can mm-hmm. with what you have in yes. order to support others and love them where they are and help meet those needs. So we just want to always share that with you guys because I'm sure that resonates with someone out there. Uh, and we appreciate you guys for even, you know, just thinking about it. And, and I hope you take the next step, which is to connect with us as well. And, you know, I just want to piggyback a little on what you just said, um, Cookie, because, you know, our tax preparer had said to your dad and me that with the contributions that we gave and what we give is more than people who make a whole lot more than what we make. You uh, know? Yeah. And, yes. um, and that was just a blessing to hear. Because right. So you're, you're taking what you do have and you're multiplying it. Exactly. And it's and a supernatural is- thing. I think God blesses that kind of thing. Oh yes, he does. I'm a witness to it. So just, yeah. just FYI, you know, just consider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys always tuning in and rocking with us again. Yes, we have an so exciting uh, time with you today to talk about black history and some of the things that we have for you is actually a really, really, really dope. Um, I guess you would call it a book, but it's not a traditional book. No, no. no. It's actually a a chronicle of some different articles yes. that have been compiled uh, not by us, but they've been compiled so that we can learn a little bit more about. Um, I'll just show you. I can show you better than I can tell you. So it's the Black Chronicle, and it's from slavery era, era uh, 1778 mm-hmm. through the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement, 1956. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to just pull some different things that we have just you know found through this book. Mm-hmm. And share with you our thoughts, share with you some of the stories that we found. Because you may want to purchase it some, some, definitely. You know, at some point in time because it's very, inform- what is it? It has a lot of information. It definitely is loaded yes. with information. Mm-hmm. And it, and you'll see as we kind of go through this, you'll hear, and those of you that watch the rebroadcast will be able to actually see it. Um, but we have to give a shout out to the Wilson Group Network, the publishing company that went ahead and published this book and put these uh, things together. Now, they didn't necessarily compile these articles. We'll tell you more about the person that did. But we have to give a shout out to the publisher because they did the groundwork to make sure that we could have these physical copies yes. in hand. Yes. And this is the first black con- chronicle book 
printed. Yeah. 1999. This is the first. So, you know, we've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. And you'll see as we uh, flip through these wonderful pages, Mm -hmm. just the rich history and the stories uh, that have just been loaded in here. And it will make a whole lot more sense as we go further along. But again, we just wanted to shout out uh, the Wilson Group Network, the publisher out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we'll tell you more about them in just a minute, because those of you that are watching, you'll be able to see this for yourself. So we really encourage you, if you are listening, to definitely catch the rebroadcast so that you can also um, see what it is that we are showing you Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you that are into the visuals. Right. Yes. So. Uh, Let's see. Malloyd Ben Wilson Jr. is actually the owner, CEO and publisher of the Black Chronicle. And so what I wanted to do is I just wanted to briefly share a little bit about what was stated uh, with this particular publication. So the things that are shared throughout this Black Chronicle book are the different um, news articles that were compiled from, for example, Freedom's Journal of it was, let's see, some newspapers, they're all geared towards African-Americans. So these newspapers are like very, very, very old. And this is what's been compiled. The Colored American from 1827 to 1842 in New York City. The North Star, 1847 through 1851 in Rochester, New York. Uh, the National Era, 1847 through 1860 in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And Frederick Douglass's paper in 1851 through 1855 in Rochester, New York. So needless to say, there is a lot of history within these pages. Yes, and it has um, afforded us a lot of information that probably would never be um, uh, published or Or shared otherwise. otherwise. So, you know, we are grateful that, that it may have not lasted long, but we have some printed information. We have people who are willing to take the time to do the research, to do the research. And that's what is so important. And I'm just grateful to be able to have this kind of information and know that there's a lot of contribution that was made that has been kept away from our ears, so to speak. So we want to be able to share as much of it as we possibly can. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, I am going to just read a little snippet, a little excerpt that explains a little bit more uh, what the Black Chronicle compilation of news articles is. Okay, so just bear with us. Strap in your seatbelt. It's going to be a fun time. The Black Chronicle is a compilation of news articles documenting the evolution of blacks from the slave ships to the battlefields of the 20th century compiled by the late historian Henry Hampton from articles culled from over two dozen African-American newspapers. These black chronicles provide a most revealing and insightful panorama of the events which shaped the black experience in America. Mm. So we so appreciate um, the late historian Henry Hampton for even doing the groundwork for this to even be possible. So thank you to him, you know, shout out to his, his family and his legacy, because this is just awesome. The fact Ah, that this even exists, I know (laughs) like this is so dope to me. Yes, it is. I love it. So we actually are going to be sharing some, um, some questions as a quiz. Because yes. last episode, we talked about how it was one of our favorite things during Black History Month to have trivia. Yes. yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to share some questions with you. And those of you that are listening, those of you that are watching, we want you to, you can write down your answers, 
You can guess if you don't know just to play along with us. And by the end of this episode, we're going to go ahead and give you the answer. So don't sweat. But don't be cheating using Google just because you're listening to us, y'all. <laughs> and, and yes, when we read the question, write your answers down so that. Participate. Yeah, you know, we, get, we like interaction, if you will. Yeah, so yeah. Do that. And this is a digital way mm-hmm. of, of getting some interaction. Mm-hmm. It's the digital leap. So have some fun with us. Yeah. But don't be cheating. Just because we can't see you don't mean you get to cheat. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody loves to whip out Google oh, yeah. and be like, hey, 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 I need an answer to this real quick. I, I can't even say the word because I don't want my phone to turn on and be trying to answer a question I ain't really mean to ask. So I don't want to say the actual phrase. Yeah. But y'all know what I'm talking about. It starts with, hey. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're going to do the trivia. And how many questions is it going to be? Um, seven. Okay, so it's seven, seven questions. Seven questions. So if you are going to, you know, write it out on your phone, if you want to grab a little little sheet of paper, a little scratch paper or something. Use your little notepad on your phone. Yeah, that's fine, too. Yeah, but, you know, just write it down. Yeah, again, we want your active participation. Yeah. So we are going to take a, you know, brief break here and we'll be right back. We're back, and you are tuned in to The Digital Leap with your host, Cookie Truth, and... Blanche Drayton Robinson, The Watcher. And you know what? We just real quick have to shout out those of you that are listening on Apple Music, Tune In Radio, Our Heart, iHeart Radio. We appreciate you guys for, for tuning oh, yes. in and being a part. And also those of you that catch the rebroadcast on YouTube and Facebook yes. and even Instagram. So we appreciate you guys so much. We love the interaction and the feedback that we've been getting. We, we want more of the oh, same. Yes. Thank you we, so much. We appreciate you guys yes. tuning in. We have so much fun talking to you guys. So And love. I love reading your comments yeah. too. That is so exciting. You don't know <laughs> what it does for us to read your comments and keep them coming. Yeah, she's yeah. having a great time, as you can tell. <laughs> no, we love it here. We do. Yes. We love it here. So back to our our scheduled program today. Yes. As we discuss the Black Chronicle mm-hmm. and as we break down some of the stories within, did you want to start? With the article that you that you yeah, chose, yeah, because when you talked about the um, in the beginning the slave you, trade, yes, the slave trade, and that has always been something that stayed in my mind because mm. it's so incomprehensible to think about those people on this tr- um, on that ship, ship. Mm-hmm. traveling such a distance and the rockiness and and you know just so much that you could um, you can't even imagine i think to, um that they what they what they went through and experienced yeah, yeah. What went through their minds yeah i couldn't imagine whole, you know the whole ordeal and so yeah so um i think about that often and and seeing pictures on how they were stretched out laying on their backs you know and you don't know how long yeah, they were yeah because they for. wanted to fit as many people as in like many. sardines yes. they wanted to fit as many people onto these ships as possible because that was money yes and you don't know how long they had to lay in that position yeah, no idea and you just can't even imagine the horror that took place during that voyage you know right and so but it was one thing that came to my mind when I saw Wakanda, the first Wakanda. Oh, yeah, Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. And um, Eric Killmonger said something that was so profound to me because I always thought about the horrific uh, uh, treatment that they, and they endured. Experience, you know? yeah. yeah, so when he said, um, 
uh, when it got to that point where he was going to be killed, he just made up in his mind that, you know, he says, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. And that just yeah. stuck into my head. And, you know, sometimes that makes you, it brings it on full circle to a certain extent to how horrific that situation yeah. was for them, you know, to, to have to face the reality of your situation and realize that death is, is better. Death is better. That's that, just a crazy realization to even have to come yes, to. Yes. And I wouldn't wish that on, no on anyone. No, not at no. all. Mm-mm. Not at all. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that, um, sometimes we can't even stand to sit too close in a seat next to someone. Right. And can you imagine being, um, you know, forced to be in a situation like that is just, um, really uh just really brings it to the realization of how horrible the situation was and we should not forget yeah we should not forget because when we enjoy the comfort in our homes and our luxury cars or just having a car or just being able to travel somewhat freely and all of that it just gives you a lot to be grateful for thank you a whole lot to be grateful for. So, you know, just keep that in mind. And I'm going to read this again because it it really makes you think how, how horrific that situation was for them. It says, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Yeah. Yeah. The reality of that is haunting. Yes. And it's, it's, a powerful statement, like whoever was the writer mm-hmm. in the writer's room, <laughs> like, wow, mm-hmm. because I can't imagine that being the reality, but to have to communicate that to an audience so mm-hmm. that they can, you know, relate, but at the same time, absorb what was really happening during that time. There's a lot that, that is being processed when you hear that, when yes. you, when the person is writing that, yes, you know, it's yes. a lot. And it gives you a lot to think about and be, and as I said, and I think that it bears repeating to be appreciative for what we have today. Yeah, for sure. Because we know to think that death was better than what they were experiencing yeah. gives you a really real life example yeah, and really it's almost thought. like a wake up call. Like you Thank know, you. Yes. this is this is serious business. Yeah. What they what what, what they these went people through. went through. It's not to take. Yeah, you can't lightly. take that lightly. No, yeah. no, not at all. And we, as a people, should always be mindful that you know we have come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Right, most mm-hmm. definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. There's been progress. The digital leap has helped in some of that progress. Oh, yes, yes. However, things are not perfect uh, at all. No, at all. <laughs> but we try our best to communicate, mm-hmm. to keep fighting, to keep, uh, you know, fighting for equality and for understanding because things are different when you have the viewpoint of ancestors coming through the slave trade and making a foreign land their home mm. and doing whatever they had to do at that point and their languages were not allowed to be spoken right you know so all you, traditions and yeah stuff so you have to do everything new. differently yeah and uh, just kind of all get a reset of mind you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. it's just a lot to consider that you know and we recognize easy. that these are heavy topics and these are heavy yeah, things to discuss but, but it's necessary because this is real life yeah, absolutely these are the facts the, the, hey, for real the facts of life uh-huh and um You shall know the truth. Yep. 
and the truth shall make you free. That's what the, that's what the book says. That's what it says. <laughs> okay. <I> love it. <laughs> so I know you wanted to start with this uh, with this article talking about the slave trade. And I'll pop it up for everybody to see for those of you that are again watching. Mm-hmm. So it says the slave trade is it dying? And it it goes to say that is the slave trade dying? That possibly for which we have scarcely dared to hope seems real today in seven in seventeen seventy four nearly two hundred slave ships filled with kidnapped Africans sailed into American ports, but within the past three years, banned by the Continental Congress, these floating prisons have almost disappeared. From colonial waters. And this article was from February 28th of 1778. So just give you guys an idea of really how long ago this article was even written. But the fact that it was preserved enough for it to be uh, within this Black Chronicle um, archive is really something. And there's this another little article um, paragraph here that says, however, the great spirit of liberty was not the main reason for the prohibition. prohibition. Mm -hmm. No, the slave trade was suspended first and foremost as part of an economic boycott against King George, England. So we don't need to say no more about that. (laughs) (laughs) Economic boycott. (laughs) So the slave trade, just like the Emancipation Proclamation, (laughs) nothing new. Right. Nothing new at all. Mm -mm. But it's really something how like for those of you again that that are watching, you'll see the the image and you'll you'll some of you may recognize it if you're history buffs. Um, It it depicts how the bodies of these slaves being transported were lined up and positioned in Mm -hmm. order to, again, pack them in like sardines to Mm -hmm. make as much room as they could to get as many people in one shipment as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to give you this visual aid to show you what we see. And the shackles that were used to keep them where they laid them. Right. Their hands and their feet Mm -hmm. were shackled. Um, so there's another one here. I'm going to pan the camera for, again, those that are watching this particular episode so that you can just see all the different um, articles and snippets that are within these pages. So, again, we really do encourage you guys to purchase this book is so much within these pages. Yes. But I'll stop here because I just want to read one other thing before we <laughs> change topics a bit. But we saw this at the bottom of this page, and it says it's a death notice. Minnie, black pilot of a Virginia warship on the Rappahannock, met his death while attempting to board a a British pirate vessel that was raiding river ports. Minnie bravely and successfully exerted himself until he was unfortunately killed. And then it goes on to say, editor's note. Minnie's master received $100 from Virginia in gratitude for the services of his slave. So that's the end of that, folks. I hope give you a little minute to kind of digest that. Right. Because this is literally taken from the February 28th, 1778 news article 
And this was part of the news that was being distributed to let people know in that in this African-American community, getting this local newspaper, just what was going on. And it was probably letting other slave owners know that hey, if you had a slave that died, you better get your you better get your pay. your pay exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's not the first time that that sort of thing has happened. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think many people realize or know, mm-hmm. but um, even when I believe it it happened with Haiti, and I believe it happened with um, the Caribbean islands that were that were a part of the UK mm-hmm. when they abolished quote unquote slavery within those islands, they paid the slave owners the value of the slaves because it was changing their e-commerce basically. Mm. So they said, we're going to give you a tax benefit or we will give you a credit of X amount of dollars. And for those of you that want to know, you can obviously look this up because I cannot remember all of these facts off the top of my head right now, but I do know for a fact this did happen Mm -hmm. and that there was millions of dollars uh, equivalent of millions of dollars by today's standards, awarded. it was uh, it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars awarded to these slave owners because of things changing within that economy. Mm-hmm. So definitely look this up. This is real life stuff, y'all. Mm-hmm. Real life stuff. So we have to just kind of show you a few more of these pages. Again, this is a super, super bonus round for those that are uh, gonna yeah that are history buffs but also just watching this because you're literally getting to see what we see with us mm-hmm. um, so we want to make sure that you can you know get something out of this based on experiencing this black chronicle book but you'll see some of these headlines a fugitive slave bill passed um, it says Yale graduate develops gin uh, for cotton the cotton gin and it, it literally shows a uh, a little small depiction of a cotton gin and this is uh from let's see what year was this this was january 1st of 1794 mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just really really cool when you guys like get into these kind of things if you're into history or if you're into black history specifically it's just really cool to see how these uh how these things have just get, been passed down how these things have survived enough for it to be compiled into this book you want to read one mom um, I, it said, remember the Boston Tea Party? Yeah. It says, only five years ago, about 50 men, including several blacks, paid a visit to some English ship in Boston Harbor. They were, the, they were there because England had taxed the tea on board to pay the salaries of British authorities here. The men dressed as Indians dumped every chest of tea into the harbor, Quite a Quite visit. A visit. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, again, from February 28th of 1778 as well. That was all from the same article. And for those of you that are watching, I will pan it so that you can at least get an overview of that particular article that mom just read. Right, yep, right there. You see it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's really something we've we've heard about the Boston Tea Party. Yes, we've definitely heard about it. Absolutely. So to, to see an article out of this, you know, particular publication that is speaking to that is just really, really cool to me. Mm-hmm. I know for you, you love this sort of thing, too. <laughs> yes, I do. Call us geeks if you want to. That's fine. We will sleep just fine at night. Loving some history. Amen. <laughs> I go. <laughs> I've been I've been teasing mom about uh, saying amen 
just because this is hilarious <laughs> just so y'all know y'all could put amen in the comments on on those that are watching the uh the rebroadcast uh-huh. Look, the fugitive slave bill passed yep yep i was looking at that mm-hmm. and i noticed that there's like always a um a snippet in here that talks about either like s- slaves that have been freed or those that are fugitives they always talk about that if if you're um you know, going to get a copy of this, you'll see that mentioned almost in every uh, newspaper. They're talking about people who are, you know, in limbo because they're going to court to still get free because of some other extenuating circumstance, or they're talking about someone who's a fugitive because they just decided to book it. Um, So it's just very, very interesting. But we will be right back. You are tuned in to the Digital Leap on WDRB Media, Voice of the Community. We'll be right back, y'all. This is The Digital Leap with your host, Cookie Truth and... Blanche Drayton Robinson, The Watcher. Yes, yes, yes. So we are back. We have been walking through the Black Chronicles. <laughs> yes, the history, the pages within... Um, but no, we're having a we're having a good time, but it's also very irritating at times as well, if we're being honest, yes. because some of the things that you read, you're just like, really? Why did y'all think that? But it's hard to express and explain uh, because, you know, you read articles that talk about the inferiority, quote unquote, of the slaves because, you know, blacks were considered less than human. They were three fifths. Uh, human Mm -hmm. and you just see like how that language ties into like the belief systems that people held just for so very long Mm -hmm. and is very very like interesting as you're flipping through these pages knowing that these articles in particular have come from a previous century and how it corrupted you know yeah and how to this day Mm -hmm. we are still navigating and working through the strongholds that were built Mm -hmm. because of those said belief systems so Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting as you flip through these pages but then there's also a lot of really cool things that you learn like Mm -hmm. things that people have accomplished which leads us to our quiz questions yes Yes, Yes. trivia time, y'all. Yes, the first question, it says, um, a woman reporter. Okay. A woman reporter, blank, was forced to leave Memphis for writing a newspaper story about lynching. Okay, so those of you who know who this woman is and and who this quiz question is referring to, write that down. Okay. I said, write it down. (laughs) (laughs) And the next one. Okay, number two. The vote was taken away from the Negro in the states of blank and blank. Mm, Okay, so there's two states. Two states. And y'all guess, or if you know, write that down too. Write it down. Write it down. We want to hear from you. And the next one. Number three. A black educator. Blank spoke at last year's Atlanta Exposition. Mm, okay, so if you know the name of the person that spoke at that particular Atlanta Exposition at that time, at that time, write that down. And the next today's mm, uh, number four. Yes, number four. Today's Plessy mm-hmm. versus Ferguson decision mm-hmm. allows the races to be blank on public facilities. Mm, okay. Today's Plessy versus Ferguson decision Mm -hmm. allows the races to be blank 
on public facilities. Okay, so what's that key word, y'all? What's the key word that's missing? What's the key word? Okay, and number five, the blank of labor was a labor union that accepted Negroes. Mm. That's what we were called back then. Right, right, right. Just FYI (laughs) for those that missed that. Uh, But yeah, so it's the... The blank, blank of, of labor. labor. Okay. Which was a labor union. It was a labor union uh-huh. that accepted Negroes. Okay. So y'all fill in the blank. Next one. And number six. Number blank, six. Black people were lynched in the South in 1895. Mm. How, well, how let's many? Just say how many? Right. So this is a numerical answer, yes. y'all. So take your best guess if you don't know and write that down. Well, write it down. Mm-hmm. And number seven. Number seven. The lubricating cup was the first real blank. Okay, so you fill in the blank, but I'm going to give you a hint. It's the first real blank. (laughs) (laughs) I said real blank. (laughs) So, yeah, those are your quiz questions. I hope you guys get them all right. You get 100%, A++++. But even if you don't, it's all right because we're going to give you the answers. Yes, and just share with us the ones that you did get Yeah, let us know which ones you got right because I think it's kind of cool when people do know, like, these kind of random facts. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Yes, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So we're going to... Go I wanted into, to read something. Yes, go and read that article. I'm just waiting to hear okay, it. Okay, <laughs> so I got to share this with y'all. I'm going to go ahead and give you the full view, okay? Because you got to see this for yourself. I want you to know I ain't lying to you. All right, so I'm going a, I'm to a pan, right, I ain't lying. So I'm going to pan down a little bit to the specific article that I'm going to read for you all today. Okay, class? Okay, so we're going to start here. And if you says Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. So for those of you that are watching this particular episode, um, you'll see there's an image of a of two men. Uh, One is white. One is black. And then underneath that, the headline is Thomas Jefferson, slave owner. And for those of you that know, because you should know that Thomas Jefferson was definitely a former, what was he, a former president? Yeah. He wasn't, I don't think at this time, I don't know what year he was president, so don't give me the lion. Mm-hmm. But this is in regards to Mr. Thomas Jefferson, former U.S. president. And it goes on to say, February 1793, despite his misgivings about slavery, Thomas Jefferson himself owns over 200 slaves. And often quoted reason for his reluctance to free them is that he might face financial ruin by doing so. His dilemma is a common one. However, it is not shared by all who oppose the practice. Dr. Benjamin Rush, president of the Pennsylvania Abolition Society, recently turned down a job in Charleston, South Carolina, in which he would have earned a thousand guineas a year. Because in his words, I am unwilling to live in a place where wealth has been accumulated only by the sweat and blood of Negro slaves. I know that's right, Dr. Rush. God bless you. I know that's right. Mm -hmm. The article goes on to say, like many, Jefferson has expressed a fear of revenge by the blacks. Yes, you heard (laughs) it here first. The blacks. If they are freed, but except accepts the fact that their freedom is inevitable. Nothing is more certain, and these are in quotes, nothing is more certain. Uh, ah, let me start over because I'm, I'm, I don't want to mess this up and I'm already messing it up. Nothing is more certainly written in the book of fate that is these people are to be free, nor is it less certain 
that the two races equally free cannot live in the same government, he says. And that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So basically he's saying it's inevitable for the blacks to be free. But if they are free, it's impossible for us to, to basically live in the same government. Ain't that something? The mentality. But it, but it, it bears some truth because mm. we had to fight for some rights. That's right. Some some centuries, some a couple centuries later, because this was from 1794, January 1st of 1794. Um, so this article goes on to say, toward this end, Mr. Jefferson has suggested that slaves after a certain specified date should be freed, trained at public expense for useful employment, and then sent away to colonies either abroad or westwards toward the territories. Mm -hmm. His feelings about separation, however, uh, do not cause Jefferson to be cruel to his slaves. When he sells or uses his slaves for payment, he tries not to separate families. According to Isaac Jefferson, one of his slaves, he provides clothing and food in generous proportion and even offers rewards for hard work. Well, well, well. Isn't that enlightening? Ain't that something? Mm-hmm. I learned mm-hmm. something today. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew he had slaves, mm-hmm. but I didn't know he was a generous slave owner. <laughs> now, I didn't know that. No, because he was president from March 4th, okay. 1801 to March 4th, 1809. Oh, wow. So he became president after this article. Mm-hmm. Oh, now see. I'm glad you looked that up because that was another fun fact that we did mm-hmm. not know. And I included y'all in the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So we wanted to continue here. I'm going to share these pages with you guys some more again for those that are watching because mm-hmm. this is just a bonus episode for Black History Month. You got it? Mm. Okay. Oh, so great. we just want you guys. No, it's okay because we just want them to see mm-hmm. what these pages look like. Mm-hmm. Um for those of you that remember what a newspaper even is, because the digital leap has mm-hmm. changed that. Yes, it, yes. It's no longer, you know, thrown on your grass every morning or at your front In step. Evening. Yeah, you know, you're probably uh, subscribing to a, a newspaper or magazine, maybe. And you know what? What the digital leap has um, afforded, us? afforded us, thank you, is that parents don't have to worry about their kids being on the street going from house to house because that was dangerous for kids to be out because you know kidnappers were you know prevalent at that time as well so that has changed in that regard but it hasn't changed the whole spectrum of it as far as kids being kidnapped but it's just changed the way they do it now right that's true the methodology has changed Mm -hmm. with how people do things it's a it's still just as menacing as it's ever been but the methods have changed absolutely but Mm -hmm. we see throughout these articles that we're sharing with you guys the good and the bad Mm -hmm. so there's lots of like positive news about inventions and different things that have taken place Mm -hmm. um you know the there's there's names that i remember hearing about even growing up in the like black history programs that we would have. So mm-hmm. like Dred Scott is mentioned in here. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, this was 1857. It says Dred Scott is 61 years old. He's married and has two daughters. Scott's first wife was sold away from him. He once escaped from his master and lived for a time in a nearby swamp before suing for his freedom. He attempted to buy his family from his mistress 
but she refused him. Mm. So it's like giving you updates on the people that, you know, were fighting for their freedom or mm-hmm. fugitives and different things. There's pictures of Frederick Douglass in here. And then there was one article you read about the doctor that started, um, um, that oh, yeah. did the operation. Was it? In- yeah. I don't know if we got to it yet, but yeah, um, there was, um, a doctor by the name of Daniel Hale. Hale. Hale yeah. yeah. Dr. Daniel Hale Williams. And he was, uh, basically the founder of the first interracial hospital in Chicago known as Provident Hospital. And it still is there to this day. So I thought that was really cool that he built something that to this day Mm -hmm. is still standing. And he was also noted to be um, the first surgeon to have a successful surgery on a human heart. Right. So that was really, really cool mm-hmm. to see that uh, fun little tidbit in there. And yes, yes. I lost the page of which uh, of, of where, where that specific look, article but is, in, but it's in here because uh-huh. I wouldn't have known that fact otherwise. <laughs> so I assure you it is here. Yes. But, yeah, so we're just flipping through the pages. So you'll see D.C. slaves are freed, and it's like a huge announcement that came on September, or excuse me, April 16th of 1862. It says, let joy and happiness ring from the land the stain of slavery has been cleansed from our nation's capital and i know that's right (laughs) i'm talking about springtime and harvest (laughs) but um but yeah so keep flipping through the pages mom because i know that there was one that you wanted to uh close us out on so you can go ahead and um and find that it's marked here but yeah so we wanted to be able to share this uh this Black Chronicles book with you guys. And again, we encourage you to support the Wilson uh, Network Group and and purchasing this book so that you have a piece of history with you and you can share it with your family, share it with your children, share it with your grandchildren. It's just such a beautiful piece of history to be able to have that these articles from so many different years have been um, organized in this way. And so we just want to support that publishing company and we want to... um, basically equip you with a little bit of black history as well yeah because this would be a nice book to have in your home and just pass down from generations to generations you can't go wrong with that yeah there's nothing nothing more freeing than learning where you come from Mm -hmm. so that the contributions yeah so that you can know what has been made afford affordable to you Mm -hmm. now because again we're in a digital leap and Mm -hmm. had the people within these pages not fought for what it is that they were fighting for and been educated to build what they were able to build like booker t washington establishing tuskegee university mm -hmm. i mean it it mentions it within these articles as well how within i want to say 15 years the school grew to 250 plus students. Mm. And that was like phenomenal to mm-hmm. have a black, predominantly black school, mm-hmm. if not only black only, grow to that number by way of donations from both blacks and whites. And it mentions that specifically. And Mary McLeod Bethune, Bethune she yeah. is another one who started an educational institution. Yes. And I mean, it has afforded uh, black children down through the years and education and and just causing them to be able to elevate you know in a financial way as well and I know this you know this is something that is very dear to me because that's what gave me a you know a uh what you call it a a leg up a leg up yeah yeah a leg up in the sense Mm -hmm. but yeah so you know we we are big fans of educators here Uh, we support teachers we support 
uh, those that are teaching and training, whether it's in the traditional sense or not, because myself personally am a business and brand coach. So I'm a teacher in a non-traditional sense. Right. And so we always want to support educators no matter where they come from. And, you know, I I recall as a young kid learning about education and, and this little definition has always stuck in my mind. It says Mm -hmm. education is a process by which no man can be robbed. Yes. And I think that that is so relevant to have in your mind that to just know when you're educated no one can take that. They right. may try to steer you away from it, but once you get it, you yeah. got it. Because knowledge is the only thing that cannot be stolen from you by someone else. Mm-hmm. So we will be right back as we close out this episode of The Digital Leap, where we're sharing with you uh, beautiful articles of yesteryears yes. through the Black Chronicle. We'll be <laughs> yeah. right back. Yeah. You're listening to The Digital Leap, WDRB Media, Voice of the Community. And we're back. Your host, Cookie Truth and Blanche Drayton Robinson, The Watcher. Yes, yes, y'all. So we were uh, wanting to share a little bit of our own personal black history. Yes. Right? Yes. So a little bit of our own black history would uh, be a story in particular, true story, actually, about my grandfather, who, if you're not familiar with Ravenel, South Carolina, <laughs> let's just call it Charleston because it's just it's just a small town between a few railroad tracks, y'all. So I don't expect you to know it. And that's OK. <laughs> but he was there and there was like no way for kids to get back and forth to school, his kids in particular. And my dad was very, very um, mindful of the area and he was very mindful of everything that was going on in the community right. and being my older siblings had to walk to school and there was always difficulties as they walked to school and my dad being the kind of dad he was he watched over us like you know no one messed with his children that's just the kind of mentality How that he, he was had. yeah and so when the children his children were walking to school and and was accosted by different situations. Yeah. He became very annoyed and he figured out, you know, no, not my children. So instead not on of, my watch, not on my watch. So instead of uh, my siblings having to walk to school, he had in his possession at the time a bus. So oh, he yeah. took his bus and drove his children to school and picked up other children as he went to drop them off at school and that so continued for a while he, created he started his own bus route yes he did he yeah. started busing in the community and shortly thereafter hey what you know it became a public school system then yes, for that did. area yeah and this was in the early 40s late 30s i can't remember 1930s 1940s yeah, yeah. it was real early before busing became an issue as right. far before as it became a standard type thing included in your public school education Mm, yeah so that's really cool because he saw a need and did what he needed to do to meet that need and it started out just being something to protect his own children Mm -hmm. but then just being as though he was concerned about the overall community he extended that uh that care and Mm. that courtesy yeah to the other kids in the community other families to make sure that their kids were also getting to and from school safely so that's really cool so you know Cheers to my dad. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rev- Reverend Freddie. Yes. But and, yeah. and so, yeah, so we, you know, we were very um, grateful for that and just knowing that my dad had that kind of mentality and, and to be caring to, and, and yeah, and to solve wanna, problems. He was definitely yeah. a problem solver and he was definitely a man of faith. And, um, 
you know, God blessed him in many ways because of that. But, you know, and moving right along, another story that I like, and we have, we've heard a lot about down through the years, and anyone who's not familiar with this woman, they have missed black history completely. Oh, boy. Don't <laughs> and do that. It's, and it's talking about Madam C.J. Walker. So I'm she gonna, was I'm the richest black woman. Span down. New here. York, New York, from in August of ni- 1919, Madam C.J. Walker, who died late, uh, May, last May actually, is thought to be one of the world's richest black women. The Harlem hairdresser made a, pro- a fortune after discovering a method to straighten hair. Hers is a rag to riches tale, starting with a capital of $2. Wow. wow. Madam Walker built up a tremendous business of hairdressing schools from um, her home preparation and hair straightening instruments. And she left a fortune of what is it? Ooh, $2 million. $2 million to her only daughter, uh, Leah Walker Robinson. In addition, she established a trust to support six Tuskegee students and left them 100000 for the creation of an African-American Academy for Girls. That's Isn't amazing. Isn't that wonderful? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that have not seen the uh, Netflix story that was um, basically built around her life and her story, definitely check it out with, um, with none other than the Miss Great uh, Olivia uh, Spencer, I believe it was with her. Okay. She played Madam C.J. Walker in that. It's a few years old, so yeah. I'm like, trying to remember but it was really good yeah, it from was what good. i can recall yeah, it was good but it was a cool way to see that story come to, come life, to life for the yes. first time for real for real yeah so we have more to share um because it was just some funny things some cool things that we wanted to share with you as well so i'm going to make sure we can uh span the camera a little bit here to make sure those again that are watching uh this is an incentive for you to check out the the video of this particular episode guys because this is a special special edition of the digital leap So you're not going to believe this. (laughs) This is hilarious. You're just not going to believe this. (laughs) The fact that this made it into the paper is hysterical. Really? But I'm going to make sure you guys can see it because I don't want you to think I'm making this up. No, it's right here. It's right here. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, that's it right right there. Right there. Okay, so this headline, intoxicated pigeons. (laughs) I just need you to, to just marinate on that for a periodically time <laughs> because the headline literally says, says intoxicated, intoxicated pigeons. pigeons. Now, when I'm flipping through these pages, that caught my eye because if you're curious, like I'm curious, I want to know how in the world some doggone pigeons become intoxicated. Because I have never in all of my 30 plus years <laughs> met seen or heard a pigeon. <laughs> an intoxicated <laughs> pigeon and i have it in my years that's, that's a new one for me yeah, mama that's yeah, a new one me for me <laughs> so of course i had to read this article and we couldn't get through it without laughing y'all so we had to share we it with you it the with listening you. audience yes. because it's just too good it's too rich <laughs> it's just too rich okay get <laughs> i had to set it up i had to set it up okay so it says chicago illinois chicago illinois June 26, 1936, intoxicated pigeons and sparrows whose wobbly flight (laughs) alarmed the neighborhood, led federal agents to a whiskey still, (laughs) federal agents (laughs) to a whiskey still on Dearborn Street this week. So those of you that may be listening in Chicago, y'all go ride past Dearborn 
and y'all just tip your hat <laughs> to the <laughs> to, to, to right to the intoxicated uh, pigeons and sparrows of yesteryear because that's where they were fly, flying around a little wobbly, y'all. So the article goes on to say neighbors noticed that a flock of birds would cluster around the window of an apartment in the building, then wobble away. Police found that the birds were feeding on grain used to make alcohol. <laughs> y'all just told on y'all self because y'all left the grain laying around and the birds got a little too happy. G-men. <laughs> G-men. Also, that's a, a, a shortened abbreviation for government men or government agents, for those of you that weren't aware. Mm-hmm. G-men made a spectacular raid. raid upon the apartment and discovered 32 new barrels and a large still. <laughs> so they literally had a bus. It was a raid (laughs) because of some wobbly pigeons and sparrows. Like, that is hysterical. I got happy. (laughs) I guess they were singing Old Happy Day. (laughs) Completely busted, y'all. That's hilarious. So, we wanted to end today's episode with what we promised. Yes. Right? Yes. Which was the uh, the trivia trivia answers. answers. Okay. And the first one talking about the woman reporter that um, had to leave Memphis for writing a news story about lynching was Ida B. Wells. Ida B. Wells. And the second one, the vote was taken away from the Negroes in two states, which was South Carolina and Mississippi. Right. South Carolina and Mississippi. And number three, a black educator that spoke at the last year's Atlanta exposition was Booker T. Washington. Booker T. And and number four, today's uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. Ferguson decision allows the races to be separated. Right. Separated was, I think, the term they used prior to segregation. So separated. Separated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And number five, the blank of labor was a labor union. That was the Knights. It was the Knights of Labor was a labor union that accepted Negroes. And number six, um, blank, it it was a numerical number of black people that were lynched in the South in 1895. It was 171 black people who were lynched and number seven the lubricating cup was the first real mccoy hey the first real mccoy i know i've heard that phrase before Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you for those that did actually participate and 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 tried to guess without cheating to get the answers to those yeah to get those trivia uh answers right we want to hear from you want to know how many you got right you let us know it's okay it's a safe space (laughs) (laughs) but definitely reach out we love to hear from you and we we had a great time um just being able to share this information of history yeah going through literally the black chronicle Mm -hmm. and so we'd love to be able to share again that you can purchase your own copy of the black chronicle and we want to show you the cover of it so that you can recognize it when you see it Um, you can visit blackchroniclebook.com in order to purchase this book and here you guys go this is the this is the front cover so that you can see for yourself we'll slide this down just a little bit And that way you can kind of recognize the fact that there are many, many, um, you know, articles inside. And it's a lot of stories that are, you know, being told throughout the pages of this book. I think it was like 178 years of history. Is that what it said? Yes. 178 years will show you. But, yeah, it's just a beautiful um, compilation, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's right there. 
the Black Chronicle, 178 Years of Black History. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you guys taking the time out to tune into today's episode. This has been The Digital Leap with your host, Cookie Truth and... Lance Drayton Robinson, The Watcher. And we will see you next week, rebroadcast on YouTube, Facebook, IG. And this has been The Digital Leap on WDRB Media, the voice of the community. I know that I